0: Hi and welcome to episode 121 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief at iPhone Life.
1: I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher.
0: And today we have our COO Noah Simpson on with us. Thanks for joining us, Noah. Hello, nice to be here. <laughs> he has he's the proud owner of a new Apple Card and also with three kids, he has a lot of insights on screen time controls. So we're going to have him on today to talk about both of those topics.
1: And he is Really big opinions, and we keep trying to drag them on the podcast to share them. <laughs> so we're happy to hear all of these big opinions. All
0: right. <laughs> Before we get into our topics, we have a message from our sponsor. Yeah, today's
1: sponsor is Namoto, and they have a really cool product, and it's perfect for this time of year, especially for those of you who have who just upgraded and now have wireless charging. They have a three-in-one solution. It's perfect for your desk, uh, and but what it does it has a wireless charger for your phone on one half of this, and on the other half, it It has a mug where you can either warm your liquid. So for this time of year, now that we're switching, I'm switching to hot coffee. You're a hot coffee year-round kind of girl, huh? Yeah,
0: I could use this at any time of the year. (laughs) How about you? know
1: Are you hot coffee? I switch (laughs) back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Well, good news. It's got you covered on both fronts.
2: Excellent. (laughs) Uh,
1: So it'll warm the coffee or it'll cool the coffee. It works with a can of soda as well. So it's really perfect for your desk because you can sit there with your hot coffee Keep your coffee warm and charge your phone at the same time. So check it out. The company is called Nomoto. It sells on Amazon. We will link to it in our show notes at iphonelife.com slash
0: podcast. I want one. I know. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) We have a special promotion to tell you about. We have uh, one of our biggest promotions of the year going on right now. iOS 13 just came out and everyone's wanting to learn how to use the new operating system And we have a guide that will teach you how to do that if you become an Insider subscriber. We have an educational service called iPhone Life Insider, and uh, we have video guides, including one dedicated to iOS 13 that will teach you everything new. We also have a ton of other features if you go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast discount, you can learn all about it, and you'll get our special deal, David will tell you the pricing, because I can't remember, it's 50% off. We've got so many
1: discounts running right now, it's hard to keep up with. Okay, so we've basically, we have a discount running right now, it's 50% off, and we're really excited because we finally, after you guys have been asking for this for a long time, launched a discount for... Veterans, people, service, people in military service, and seniors. So you get an additional ten percent off with that. So you save sixty percent off if you're a senior or you're a veteran. And uh, you get 50% off for everyone else. This is running just for our iOS 13 promotion because mm-hmm. we have our new iOS 13 guide. So you can get both of those deals if you go to iPhoneLife.com slash
0: podcast discounts. <laughs> My job is to remember the discounts. Donna's job is to remember the URL. <laughs> yes. Next, we want to tell you about our favorite tip this week. And this is going to be one that uh, – also has to do with iOS 13. As soon as the new operating system came out, we've switched over to teaching one tip a day that teaches you something cool about the new operating system. This is a free newsletter you can sign up for if you go to iphonelife.com dailytips daily tips. So our favorite tip this week is how to enable dark mode on your iPhone. Dark mode is one of the kind of most visual changes to iOS 13, which changes the background of a lot of Apple stock apps. To this kind of dark slate gray, which I really enjoy. I feel like it's something you at least want to give a try. Um, my husband just enabled it, and it's not his favorite. I really like it. Uh, if you go to Settings, Display, and Brightness, you'll have the option to enable it there. And when you enable it, you can see what it looks like immediately because it, it um, applies to the Settings app.
1: A couple kind of bonus tips within this tip. First of all, what I'm doing is I'm doing... At nighttime, it is dark mode, and during the day, it is light mode. And mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that, and that's you can adjust that setting in the same place. The other point, and this came from our class. Colin was telling us about this. If you have a phone with an OLED display, which is an iPhone X, iPhone XS, uh, or iPhone 11 Pro you save a lot, a lot of battery by doing dark mode. The reason why is because with the OLED displays, if it's dark, it's at each pixel actually will not is individually illuminated, so you're saving from illuminating a lot of different pixels. Uh, so that's a nice bonus tip for you. If you're running out of battery, putting in dark mode helps. If you're someone who runs out of battery regularly, dark mode might be a good solution for you, assuming you have an OLED display.
2: Noah, have you tested this out yet? You know, I would say give it a shot because I really surprised myself. Uh, I've had uh, dark mode as an option on my computer, and I tried it out a little bit, and I really kind of didn't like it. So I was anticipating like, eh, I'm probably not going to like it. But when I installed iOS 13, I thought, let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've really enjoyed it so far. And so I've kind of surprised myself. And, um, you know, I've only had it for a couple of days, but I haven't found any instance where I missed... Uh, you know, having it be be brighter and and it's easily legible and it's using less battery and so I've been really happy with it. I think I'm going to stick with it.
1: It's definitely easily legible. Like it it's. I I feel like it's a like perfect solution for a lot of people. For me, I found I missed like the white backgrounds just feel a little more cheerful to me. I have a, I feel so silly like because it's such an emotional decision, but like <laughs> it feels more cheerful to me. So I'm sticking with the light backgrounds during the day. But the saving battery is pushing me towards the dark mode because I don't mind the dark mode. Mm, the dark side. Mm.
0: So if you do want to do what David did and set it on a schedule that's also in display and brightness, you toggle on automatic and then under that will be something that says options and you can have it selected to be light until sunset. Um, I think that that's a good option for a lot of people. I'm with, uh, I'm with Noah where I'm, I'm enjoying dark mode all the time. It did take me a little while to get used to, and I understand your argument about it being like not <laughs> it isn't as cheerful, but there's something about it I find a little more calming. Yeah. Which is nice.
1: And I will say I'm loving it at night. In the evening when a, when it's low light, not having this bright white screen glaring at me yeah. a, in the evening is really mm. nice. So, I do recommend that. At nighttime, we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I like it even better on the Mac. It's interesting that you don't like it on the Mac. I, I, I've I been it. using it for yeah. the past year. And I find that um, on, your, on your Mac where you're more likely to be multitasking, it yeah. kind of it like makes all of the menus be really subtle. And then it just draws your attention to the workspace. I find that it's less has that function on my phone. It's more just a visual preference. But on my Mac, I actually find it helps me focus a little bit. Too. Interesting. Yeah. I well, w-
2: I, uh, I I might give it another try because I've, I have <laughs> been enjoying this so much. And it's sort of like it shocked me a little bit. So I thought, ah, oh, maybe I judged the other one a little bit too quickly. Mm. But when I was doing it, it definitely drove me nuts. Like there were a couple things that popped up, and I was just like, ah, it just didn't feel right. It was there was a dissonance that bothered me.
1: Yeah. I will say that I am planning on giving dark mode another shot in a month or two when apps have had a chance to update Mm. because one of the things that annoys me about dark mode is most third-party apps do not have dark mode abilities enabled yet. Right. And so, you know, I've been on iOS 13 beta. That's not that, that surprising, but I'm going, the unified dark mode across third-party apps might make a difference to me. So we'll see.
0: I wish that you could control it per app actually, because I think that I like it a lot in the notes app. Um, on my Mac, I don't like it in Mail because like it, it, there's no part of your workspace that's light. It's like everything is really dark, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which I don't love. So it'd be cool if you could choose which apps, yeah, Apple that would apps be cool. that you could use dark mode in. Yeah,
1: I, I do think. like it's a it's a small thing, but I do I have the new uh, wallpaper set so that at night it's dark and during the day it's light, like right. the color palettes shift, and I'm enjoying that. It's like a little geeky thing that I appreciate <laughs> each night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so we have two main themes today, so we'll move on to that. Um, Noah, do you want to talk about Apple Card first, or do you want to talk about sure. screen time?
2: <laughs> let's, let's start with Apple Card. Okay. Um, I, think, I think I may have been the only person in the office when they announced that Apple was, was making a credit card that was like, ooh, ooh, I want it, I want it. <laughs> and everybody else was sort of like, oh, I don't know. For some reason, I, I was really drawn towards it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. And so I, you know, I got the notification, I ordered it right away, um, and I've really been enjoying it. It's like, been
0: available since like June, right? Um,
2: yeah. Have I. Have you had
0: it for a couple of months then?
2: Yeah, I've had it for about a month and a half, I think. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been really easy to use. And, and I should preface it by saying I really enjoy using uh, Apple Pay yeah. and mm. the mobile payment system. And whenever I have the option, uh, I go ahead and do that. And so I'm sort of used to that workflow. Um, of going to the store and using Apple Pay. And I find it more efficient. And um, and I don't like the hassle of pulling the card out and, and waiting for the beeping sound now with the chip and issues with chip reader and stuff like that. So I've been a lot, um, a lot happier with Apple Pay as a general system. And I thought if I'm using Apple Pay, then why not get the 2% back on the card? Right. Um, but I also liked the simplicity of of the usage. I don't have to go like log in to some other site to see what my purchases are. Uh, so the accessibility of um, of the things that I'm purchasing and the purchases that I've made, a couple clicks away, it's right there. Uh, it's it's built into um, to the system and I, I just don't feel like I have to go hunt for it. Um, so
0: could you walk us through for like the application sure. process first and then like the different features? because. I don't remember getting any notification being like, apply for this. Like, do you, how do you do it?
2: Yeah. I mean, I went to the site and said, notify me as soon as it's oh, available. Okay. <laughs> but um, you, can, you can go to the Apple website uh, and, and look for the, the card. I th- it was at the bottom of a lot of other, other pages mm. uh, when I was going for it. Um, but I think actually if you just open up the uh, wallet app, that's probably the easiest thing. Open up your wallet app and there will be an advertisement in there that says, would you like to get an Apple card? Uh, And you apply for it. Uh, And you can start using the card, I think it was um, within a couple of hours, I feel like I was approved. And you can start using the mobile version of it. And then they ask you if you want to have the physical card mailed to you. And I said, yes.
1: That's pretty cool. Because traditional cards, it's like, you know, a couple weeks to get up and running on it.
0: So yeah, the approval process, um, like I know someone who applied who didn't get approved. So do you know if it's like more or less... Like difficult than getting any other kind of credit card. You know,
2: I I don't know. Um, you know, I I I've heard that that your credit doesn't have to be amazing in order to get mm-hmm. the card. Um, but I don't I don't really know what the limits were, and and I didn't run up against them, so I'm, you I'm know, not sure. But it it'll was, likely
0: just affect your interest rate. Like I was reading, yeah, it'll, your interest rate right. will range from like twelve to twenty percent. Something like that, depending on your yeah. situation. And, and the
1: other thing that gets affected a lot is credit limits. So a lot of times they'll prove you, but have you'll give you a very low credit limit, especially to get started. Yeah. And I'd heard the same thing that Noah had said, which is that it's comparable to a lot of entry level cards in terms of the credit score limitation. So I think if you have okay credit, I think you'll be okay a lot of times for younger people, if they don't have any credit, they can have a hard time getting a credit yeah. card. Or if they, of course, have bad credit, then, then they're in trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've enjoyed a couple of the other features as well. Um, like um, you can set it to automatically pay. It's very simple. I want to automatically pay first of the month. Um, but also if you want to pay early, it gives you a little sort of like sliding wheel Um, that shows you sort of like if I only pay this much, how much interest will I be paying? That's If I pay this much, how much interest will Mm. I be paying? Uh, And it's it's sort of a live feed. So as you move your finger around the screen, uh, it actually shows you like, okay, you're going to be paying $40 in interest uh, if you pay this much and you change it to pay more. You're going to be paying $20. Mm. And having sort of that immediate feedback of, oh, this is how I'm relating to my card and the interest payments – uh, and whatnot is really nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I find that beneficial, whereas a lot of times with a credit card, it's sort of like, you know, who's who's going to figure out the math? Like nobody's going to actually yeah. sit down and figure out the math, and, and credit cards are sort I'm of banking not. on that. And so it's <laughs> sort of like, well, I hope it's not that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're operating in the dark. And so I really like the idea of... Um, of just knowing exactly what was happening from an interest standpoint and making a choice uh, based on that, and, and I'm also working with my oldest son on a, on a business. He runs a lawn mowing business, and so I'm working with him on what does it mean, you know, to be paying something off. And mm-hmm. we purchased a, a lawn mower together, and we're, I'm teaching him about, you know. Uh, what the interest payments are. If you're paying more than you, you know, each month, then you're paying uh, less interest overall. So I'm sort of in the educational mode about it anyway. And so Mm -hmm. to me, it's exciting to have the visibility within that and not have, not have it be just sort of something that you're crossing your fingers and saying, I hope it works out.
1: I feel like, to me, this is the thing that's sort of the biggest appeal for the Apple card, because the 2% back is something that it's pretty comparable to other cards out there. Mm-hmm. And even cards, are, like we said, that are kind of entry-level cards. So the biggest question I have is that. What are the differences between this and the normal cards you've used in the past, and have you found it to be a big enough difference to
2: make it worth your while? Um, I don't have the same cashback type of card. So for me, the idea of having a cashback as opposed to sort of bonus points or collecting this or the other, the immediacy of that is <laughs> appealing. And so that, in general, is a newer thing for me just because I don't have cards that mm-hmm. operate that way. So,
0: Could you explain how that works? Because I also don't have any cashback yeah, cards.
2: Yeah, basically you make a purchase. Um, and uh, I'll pull out the card right here so that everybody can see it. This is the Apple card, nice and heavy. Oh, wow. Car. It does
1: look sleek, and it
2: is it like...
0: It is kind of cooler it's than I thought it nice, was going to be.
2: It's got a nice feeling. You pass <laughs> that across... The, the counter and people are like, ooh, that's a heavy card. I have I have the uh, <laughs> yeah. I have the Chase
1: Sapphire, which is also made of metal. And yeah. like it every time you hand it to someone they comment. And you like there's something satisfying too, you can kinda tap it. And yeah. It has like a nice metallic feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, cool. if like you math. use the
2: physical card the way you would use any other card, uh then you get a dollar or sorry, you get one percent back on your purchase. Oh, interesting.
1: Um, so the two percent is only through Apple Pay.
2: The two percent is through Apple Pay, and it's three percent if you purchase from the Apple Store. So if you're purchasing Apple products and you're getting three percent back, oftentimes you're purchasing something of a significant dollar amount. Yeah. And, and so that's actually you know a pretty decent amount uh, that that's coming back to you. So. Um, so i found that to, to be nice. I'm not so incentivized by the dollar back. So I'm not like super incentivized. I'm, I want to use this card, yeah. physical card for, for the 1% back. I'm calling it dollar, but for 1% back. But for 2% back, it sort of feels a little bit more like, oh, if I make this a habit, then that's going to make a difference, you know? And,
0: and it'll be immediately that you get that money it's back? Actually,
2: um, it actually happens, I think, at the end of the day. So um, I think it totals up your um, your purchases for that day, and then the next day it gives you a little notification that says you've earned this much cash back.
0: That is, I could see that being satisfying. Yeah, it's nice. I see? will say
1: that I've recently been using a cash back card. It's a different one, but I mo- almost always have a points card, and the cash back cards are – there is something satisfying about just looking yeah. and seeing money as opposed to the complications of having points and then having to figure out how to use the points and feeling the pressure to, like – Maximize your return on those points. It's like there's something satisfying about just getting money.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I only have a points card, at, um, to a miles card, and so I have been doing that. That's sort of my debate of do I get the Apple card and kind of switch? Like, which yeah. one would I want to put more of my purchases on? Yeah. Um, it's sort of a. So you can
2: see here, I've got I've earned eighty four dollars and eighty two cents of Apple Cash since I've started using it. Now I happen That's to satisfying. put a couple of our company iPhones oh, on the weird, card so I could test out weird. the 3% <laughs> um, to make sure that that functioned. Lo and behold, it does. Oh, weird. So money That's in satisfying. my pocket. <laughs> um, I run the finances, so I'm a, I'm a <laughs> It's not actually shady. I'm just <laughs> giving him a hard time. <laughs> um, uh, but it does, it does function really well. And so, you know, I've been happy with that. And just to see the money, you know, just sit on the card and, and pop in there, it's really nice.
0: Yeah, it seems like to me the two biggest benefits are the cashback, obviously, and then the trends. And you talked about the trends a little bit, or yeah. is I, is that what it's called? Um, but like, what are? How does it really? What does the app look like that tells you about your spending and helps you make better choices? Yeah,
2: so there's, I mean, within the app, you have a uh, a transactions section that just shows you each of your purchases, mm-hmm. uh, and Apple categorizes those purchases in terms of like services and um, uh, food or entertainment, things like that. I, I haven't personally cared about that at, at all. And the changing color of the, of the thing hasn't necessarily felt like a benefit to me. But I just love the, uh, the simplicity of being able to log in and like, this is what I've, I've um, purchased. You know, that's really easy. Hmm. Uh, and then there is an info section. Uh, the info section... Um, allows you to sort of interact with the card, pay your bill early. What was your last payment? Uh, how much credit? Uh, what's your interest rate? Uh, you link to your bank account, obviously, to make those those payments. That process was also very simple. Um, I haven't used the Express Transit, but there's the option of Express Transit, which means you don't have to use your Face ID to purchase a subway uh, transit uh, in certain Mm. participating cities. (laughs) Um, So that's nice. So you can just walk by and it'll just sense your phone and and pay for your transit. So that's a nice uh, advantage as well. Um, For those of you that noticed the card doesn't have any numbers on it, which is nice and sleek. Uh, you can tap on something within the app that says card information. It scans your face, uh, and then it gives you the numbers and the CVV and, uh, and that information. So if you want oh, to purchase nice. something online, you can access that through your phone, which is actually a lot nicer than having to pull out your physical card and get yeah. the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Is- so I've I actually agree. found it to be a benefit just knowing like it's not on the card, so your brain doesn't even go towards pulling the card out. Your brain goes right to, oh, it's in the app, and you tap, and it's there. I
1: do find it's a lot nicer, especially, like, it, there's so many times is a, a weird thing, but, like, I'm making purchases at night, and it's, like, a low-light situation. I'm, like, straining to, like, right. read the card. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it's right. one of those things
0: I hate doing. Buying random
1: doesn't... stuff in bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and there's a security feeling also. It's like your card just doesn't have the number. Yeah. So there isn't some camera. There isn't some something that's picking up your credit card number that you're not aware of. It's not available when you're passing the card around. It's really behind your face ID protection, and so totally. that feels good. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So it was in that same area, though, that has the charts and the like spending trends more so than just your transactions? Or yeah, you so if that? I
2: tap, uh, let's see, I paid my bill early this month, so I'm not sure if I can show it to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let's see, make additional payment. Okay, here it is. Um, but there's, there's this wheel here that allows you to do that, but there are no interest charges because I paid it early, but right underneath here, um, below sort of the amount that you have due or the amount that you're planning on paying, uh, it shows you that interest and how much charge would be depending on the amount that you plan on paying this time. So cool.
1: aside from the sliding wheel, have there been other, like, cause they're, they really hyped up their insights, get clear insights into your financial habits and spending patterns. Have there, have you... Gained anything that you wouldn't have gotten through other credit cards?
2: Mm, I would say no. I would say I highlighted most of the things that I feel feel like I've gained. I mean, the one other thing that I didn't mention that I like the idea of um, is if you feel like you've been compromised, you press a button and it okay. scrambles your numbers, gives you a new set of numbers. So, like the instantaneous nature of that is really nice. It's sort of like, oh, if I feel like I've been compromised, I see something weird happen, I press a button. And all of a sudden, I have a that new code. Cool. Um, so having uh, not feeling like I'm tied to a, a physical card for that is is nice as well. Um, the there is one major caveat though. There yeah. is one thing. There's one drawback, and so far, it's the only thing that I haven't liked. But for some people, it's going to be a deal breaker. Um, and that is, it doesn't have. Uh, Quicken support or support for other things yet where you can download your transactions. Oh, to that would your financial would
1: drive you. Not even like a CSV?
2: Um, you can, uh, I believe, export your transactions. And I'm actually oh, in okay. the process of, of doing that, but it doesn't go directly into your app. And so there's a little more of a, there's definitely more of a manual process to, to make that happen. My guess is that people are going to complain about it enough that it's just going to take mm-hmm. a little time for them to To get that functioning, but sometimes with Apple, you don't know. It's like they're gonna, they might just like say no. We want to do it our way, and unless you know, Quick and you decide to change yeah. how you do it, then it's not going to work between us. Uh, so you know, I'm holding my breath a little bit, but definitely for me, that that is a key element in terms of the long term usage of the card. Like mm-hmm. I'm using it now, and I'm like, okay, I'll deal with this. With the hassle of of having to to transition because I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm. um, but if every month I'm having to do lots of manual transactions, if, if it really becomes my you know card of choice and it's the one I'm always using, and definitely it has the potential to be like ah, I think I'm sick of doing this yeah. manual transfer. So my hope is that they're going to solve that problem. It's pretty typical uh, for for cards and the relationship between those cards to be lagging a little bit. Uh, and, and for them to have to work together to catch up. So well, in, I got even, my fingers crossed.
1: even with Apple Pay, when they first signed up, there were a lot of cards that weren't supported. Yeah. And now there's very few that aren't supported, and I think that part true. of it is just setting up those relationships.
2: It's true. So there's some track record, and I experienced yeah. that as well. I had multiple cards that didn't work that then started working later. So there's some track record that they're playing nice with the financial industry so i'm hoping that's that's a trend that continues <laughs> how was the
1: interest rate did you find it to be competitive with other cards you had in terms of that interest rate
2: yeah i think it was it was similar so i i don't feel like i got like a great deal you mm-hmm. know from apple i've got some cards that are better um uh, so I, I don't know that it was really different than i expected mm-hmm. yeah
0: I wonder if it's as easy to, like, complain and get it lowered because I feel like, yeah, yeah, that's a good you know, question. like, there are a lot of cards like you've been like, I've had, I've had a card with you for a while. You should lower it and yeah. they'll, they'll do that for yeah. you. It's true. I wonder it's if it's true. like Apple would be more or less likely. But th- one thing that was cool is, like, they have – I saw a message feature, like, you can, from the app, yeah. contact Apple and, like, if you have that's any questions, true. I, I wonder. I
2: haven't had a need to yet, but yeah. certainly it is extremely, uh, you know, quick and accessible to – to work with that game.
0: Yeah. I think we should make this a question of the week if any of our listeners have the Apple card. Ooh. If you could write in and let us know how you're liking it, what features do you like the best? What problems are you having with it? You can email podcasts at iPhoneLife.com.
1: I also wanted to spend a minute kind of giving the counter perspective because I'm I'm right, like I'm trying to be convinced by this <laughs> and I'm really struggling to be convinced, <laughs> Noah. Um, and I'm just like the <clears throat> perfectly wrong use case for this, to be honest. Right. Um Because I put a lot of energy into credit cards and maximizing my returns. And Mm. so one of the biggest drawbacks of this card is there's no sign-up bonus. And so the credit card industry right now kind of revolves around giving people with good credit large sign-up bonuses for using their cards. And I probably make I don't know I was just kind of trying to crunch numbers at least a thousand to two thousand dollars a year off of like sign up bonuses from cards and so the fact that Apple doesn't have a sign up bonus is a pretty big deal breaker for me and even cards that are kind of comparable cash back cards uh, those cards you know the Chase Freedom has I think it's like a five hundred dollars sign up bonus so to me that feels like a deal breaker that didn't bother you.
2: No, and I think it, it might just be um, might just be just a personal interest in how you want to deal with your with your credit cards. Mm-hmm. For me personally, uh, I enjoy the idea of not having to think about it or manage it or yeah. deal with it. And yeah. so, to me, the simplicity of it's going to work and sort of Apple's approach to that type of thing fits in with with sort of my mode and, and my approach towards my credit cards right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely had periods in my life where I'm like, oh, let's do this and let's do this and move money from here to there and I can maximize this bonus. Um, but I just don't – I'm not in that place right now where, where I'm, I'm focusing on that as, as a benefit, not to say that I wouldn't enjoy the financial yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, results of that. Right. Um, but I'm not in that place. So it could be it could be a um just sort of a, an approach or or how you, what your preferences are and how you want to deal with your cards.
0: I mean, the nice thing about this card is it doesn't have an annual fee though. Like a lot does the Chase Freedom then charge you. The Chase Freedom doesn't. The
1: cashback ones don't, but the ones that I tend to use do and they usually waive it for their, for the first year. But no, it hit the nail on the head. It's takes a lot of management. Like yeah. to yeah. get the, to make this work, I'm constantly switching cards, which means I'm constantly like changing all of my everywhere I have auto pay, I'm changing that card number. It drives my fiance crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um so there is some of that. Um so I do have one more critique for you, Noah. Yes. Um but I think it's gonna <laughs> fall into the same how much do you want to manage it? And the other thing is with your rewards mm-hmm. Uh, the points cards traditionally, you can redeem those points, and you end up getting a better dollar value return. So, for example, yep. if you redeem them on travel, you can save a lot of money. Like it ends up being like a point for you is basically a dollar, but a point on a like Chase card, for example, can be up to like a dollar fifty, a dollar seventy, something like that. Um, and that sounds like something you probably just don't want to put the headspace towards managing.
2: Yeah, I think I think it, it falls into that category. I've definitely enjoyed um using points for booking hotels and mm-hmm. uh and and things like that. So I, I you know, I enjoy those rewards, but I haven't spent the time to to compare uh and 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 try and maximize what what that dollar value is. So I, I don't know that um I think it does fall into the same category of management of I, I'm okay not not knowing and I'm just sort of enjoying the usage <laughs> of the card.
0: You know, it kind of makes me just think of it seems not so far outside of just Apple's benefits in general, like have the ease of use and it just working and mm-hmm. like you might not be getting the best deal, but it's nice. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I think it's it's you very know? similar.
2: It's, and yeah, I, I think that's, that's the sort of sweet spot that, that it fits in for me. It may not be the best deal. It might be you know the Apple device is more expensive than something else, but um, but it's easy to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, the friction is really low, uh, and and I feel comfortable and safe. And you know Apple's got a, a good track record of um, of privacy concerns and things yeah. like that. And they, I know that their attention is on that in a big way, and so I feel a little bit you know protected in in a sort of forward looking, moving way as opposed to the legacy system of of physical cards where I feel less protected. Yeah, so. but you
1: know who yeah. doesn't have a great track record? JP Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. JP Morgan is like the co they do the finances I mean, behind Sachs. the cards. Oh, it's Goldman, Goldman Sachs. Sachs. Okay. Goldman okay. Sachs. Also they... not the best track yeah. record. Yeah. Um and you know I think the other reason why this isn't necessarily the, the best fit for me is I manage my finances like independently. I tend to just download all my expenses and look at them on a spreadsheet. Uh, And so I think we're kind of boiling down to what the use case is. It's someone who wants to have all of this stuff sort of wants to be hands off with their credit card management. They don't particularly want to invest the time to like maximize return on rewards uh, and also as a extra bonus if you use Apple Pay and buy a lot of Apple products. That seems like the right use case Mm -hmm. for a card like this. Are are we all in agreement of that?
0: I think so. I think one thing though, like that synopsis makes it sound in some ways just like it's a bad financial decision, but it to get the Apple card, but it does seem like with the trends that can help you make a smarter choice about how much to pay off on your card each month and things like that, um, and the fact that there isn't an annual fee, like it could be a smart financial choice for some people.
2: It's true. And from, for me, you know, the card that I was using before, uh, or I was using my debit card a lot, to be honest, going directly from my um, bank account. So to me, it's it's a better financial decision than than what I was doing. Um, yeah, well, and so <laughs> David's just struggling started. with this. He's like, no, He's like Yeah, but I, why were you doing that, it, Noah?
1: It, it comes down to how much time, and, time and energy you want yeah. to put into it. Because yeah, I yeah. think That's that a lot of people don't want to put the time and energy to manage it. And so they're not comparing... A card where they're putting time and energy versus a card they're not. They're comparing two systems in which you don't put the time and energy, and therefore this one might be better for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I <laughs> think. am trying to bend backwards yeah. into this because it's yeah, yeah. it's a bad financial decision. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. I think that's fair. Uh I think I think like we should have people who write in at podcasts at iPhoneLife.com about this maybe can weigh in on this point too. Um <clears throat> just on whether or not, I guess like. They, why they got the Apple card and if they think it's a good financial yeah. choice for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, let's switch over now to parental controls and talking about screen time on the iPhone and how you can use that to monitor your uh, kid's iPhone usage.
1: And to set this conversation up a little bit, this is <laughs> the part of why we invited Noah on today mm-hmm. is we, this is taken from a conversation we're having yesterday where I am in the process of setting up an iPhone for my stepson, this will be his first device. He's seven years old, so he's on the younger side for device. We're pretty, like, wanting to really tightly manage his usage because he's of an age where that's not something that would naturally happen for him unless we tightly controlled it. So I was talking to Noah, who has three kids, about what he's doing. And so there's a little background for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean... Do we want? I think it could be interesting to start the conversation with talking about just the decision to get your child an yeah. iPhone and then talk about w- like when you do make that decision, how you can control what they do with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about like your decision to get your seven yeah. year old a phone? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I would imagine that'll be a little
1: bit of a controversial one. Yeah. It's a little bit related to the fact that he's my stepson, actually, which means that there's another. There's another parent in the picture, and this and uh, my stepson gets passed from parent to parent. There's grandparents involved, and so an ability to like uh be able to have him call us if he ever needs to call us, uh be able to call him when he's not with us uh track his location be able to like there's enough situations where different people are picking him up where something could go wrong where he could like be you know he's never actually been stranded but there's some fear of like having him at ability to like access us whenever he needs us because we don't have him all the time Mm -hmm. was a lot of it um also were of the mindset that technology is something a skill to be learned as opposed to uh something to be avoided and so, you know, he already uses our phones for games and things like that. So it's not while we want to avoid playing too many games and having, you know, unhealthy habits around technology, I believe that having him have a phone and teaching him that is the best approach. So those were the kind of the two thinking the two ideas. And it was You know, obviously, we bought my partner a new phone, which meant that her old phone was available. We were going to make like a hundred bucks off of it. So there's a convenience factor around it as well. It's not a major financial decision uh, and the convenience of having him not constantly steal our phones, especially, this is one more point, Mm. now that he can read, uh, he can get himself into a lot more trouble on our phones. Um, So avoiding him using our phones was part of it as well.
0: Yeah. What's what's, uh, kind of contributed to your decisions?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I have a, a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and uh, just turned nine-year-old. Um, three boys. And, um, and definitely, I think our first child you know, got the device you know, when he was older, and then the next child a little bit earlier, next child a little bit earlier. Uh, just as is the case when you have multiple kids, it's <laughs> sort of like the younger ones are always looking at the older ones, and I want to be like that. And so as parents, you get more relaxed as... As things go on, and, <laughs> and and let go of some of your uh, some of your <laughs> hangups, you know, just because of inertia. Um, but in general, I think um, you know the the decision for us in in actually giving the kids phones that they can make phone calls with. Uh, for a lot of them, we've passed down. Like my youngest son has um, a phone that's essentially an iPod Touch. It's a phone. We just don't have the the phone plan with it. Right. Um. But really, communication is the is the main element. It's, you know, being able to, to know where your kids are, being able to call them, being able to have them call you. Um, it's a huge benefit, you know, and I think back of, you know, to when I was growing up and, you know, it was all about sort of making a plan with yeah. your parents in the morning <laughs> and it's like, what are you going to be doing and where are you going to be going? And if that plan ever needed to change, it was like a real hassle, you know, to find a phone and where will they be and... You know, can you communicate? And a lot of times stuff just fell through, like opportunities for you as a kid fell through. It's like, oh well, I can't get a hold of my mom, so I can't go.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and so uh I think there's a, a strong benefit in having the ability to communicate. And that's the that's sort of the main positive side, right? The negative, of course, is that they get sucked into it and you know, they they like to use it a lot. And uh uh, and sometimes you know too much, and so then you get into into having to to manage it both with the parental controls and also just as parents um, and I think just as an over as an overarching point, parental controls are nice, and they, they allow you to do a couple of things, but really, your management of your kids and their phone usage boils down to your parenting relationship with your kids hmm. and that's that 's where most of that um, that function is going to happen. Uh, and some of the parental controls are sort of fallbacks um, to sort of uh, prevent uh, use case scenarios that uh, that that you want to avoid. But it's not necessarily like, I wouldn't think like, let's go into the app and figure out my plan for my child so that they, they don't get access when I don't want them to necessarily or I'm going to manage it this way or that way. For my kids, for example, like, setting app limits almost all the games they play they're playing with teams so they're playing brawl stars or they're playing um, clash royale or they're playing some other game where they're they're interacting with other kids uh, and they have like a three minute span or a four Mm -hmm. minute span or whatever Um, and cutting off in the middle of the game is a stressful thing for them and it's constantly sort of a source of uh, aggravation for us at home where we sort of have to manage them in advance saying, okay, you know, don't start another game because in five minutes we'll be here. So we sort of have to always be thinking about them in sort of a what's going to be happening in five-minute increment, um, you know, <laughs> like, which
0: – So you're saying it can't really be like a hands-off type. You can't just set it up and then it's over.
2: Yeah. If if you just cut off the phone, it's like, oh, I was just about to win. You know, it's like this emotional thing yeah. for them. And so setting the just like turn off app limits or, oh, you've reached your 10 minutes and it's done um, – I haven't found to be that beneficial based on the type of games that my kids are using. Now, different people, different games, whatever, you know, it could be a great solution for them. I haven't found that particular feature to be very useful.
0: Interesting. So um, maybe you could walk us through what what are your options as a parent? Because I think a lot of people don't even know that you can do any of this. Mm -hmm. Sure.
2: So let's see here. Screen time in the settings area, um, you have downtime, which I actually don't use, but David, when we were having our discussion, sort of inspired me to think about. Um, David, you were mentioning that you were a little frustrated that there was a single period of downtime as opposed to being able to set multiple periods of downtime.
1: Yeah, I was pretty frustrated <clears throat> by that because for me, I want to have downtime at night so yeah. that we don't have to like confidence, get his phone from him and also have it while he's at school to make sure he's not using it at school. Uh and so it's like I had we kind of have to choose now because they don't yeah. let you have like a I wanted to be able to customize a schedule throughout a day, but they're just like, here's you have one chunk of downtime per day. Which seemed pretty lack of foresight to me.
2: Yeah. And and this is actually something that I had set up. I had sort of geeked out in and, and on my home Wi-Fi router. I had identified my kids' devices and set a limit on my home router so that they couldn't use it at night because that is an area where you don't want the kids incentivized to be sneaking, you know, downstairs and finding their device and then going back up and playing for hours, you know, mm-hmm. while nobody knows it's happening. Uh, so definitely having a downtime <clears throat> at night is, is an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have since changed routers and not turned that setting on, and, I've, and I, have been, <laughs> I have been missing it. So I'm, I'm inclined to go ahead and do that, and that's nice just from a peace of mind for parents. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about that particular thing at that time. Uh, and for the most part, my kids are are plugged into Wi-Fi games, and if they don't have Wi-Fi, uh, the incentive goes way down.
1: <laughs> Wait, and the, is it because they don't have data on their phones? Is that why?
0: Um, well, your one kid you said doesn't. Yeah, yeah,
2: one kid doesn't, and that's the one actually that I have the, the, <laughs> the most problem with. But this downtime is actually like you're not going to have function in, uh, with your phone in, in between those times. Yeah, like You're not going to be able to use that. Um unless you specifically allow certain apps. Uh, and that's another feature. You can say these apps are always allowed, like phone, FaceTime, yeah. communication, yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that uh, you may always want to do. Um, what, the-
0: yeah, that seems like a pretty powerful one. So you can just eliminate... Tons of apps that like so your kids can't even use yeah apps together, yeah
2: and there's the set time limits that i that I mentioned before that that's not a feature that I use, uh, and then there's the content and privacy restrictions, and this you kind of as a parent or or grandparent, whoever is uh, sort of managing this, um, you got to spend a little time and and think about uh, your different use case scenarios, for example, location services. Um, I set certain, you know, tracking. So, like, I want to be able to share my kids' locations with me, and I don't want them to be able to turn that off. And, and so, location services, I disallow them from making changes to their location mm-hmm. services. When you install certain apps, sometimes that's an issue if the app needs location services to function. Um, and and that's and that's sort of a general thing. As soon as the more restrictions you put in to to the situation the more things you turn off the more you're going to have to manage the exceptions to that Mm -hmm. Uh, and Mm -hmm. and that's a very common thing it's like oh i turned that off of course now they can't do this Uh, and so i have to go and help them do this or turn it back on again so they can start it and then turn it off again so in general I find it's that it's a yeah, it's a compromise. You're finding sort of a, a medium ground, something that you can handle and something that works, you know, fairly well for them in terms of protections and uh so you know, you gotta spend a little time with it. And it's it's a bit of an evolution process as well. Like, does this drive me nuts? Does <laughs> this drive them nuts? Is it worth it? Uh, you know, and then modify accordingly.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a nice kind of uh, framework for it, is you can set a bunch of rules and then you're managing the exceptions, or you can not set up the rules and you don't have to deal with all the exceptions, but you're managing the rules themselves But as an interpersonal management. Because yeah. I set up 30-minute... Uh, limit on games and already just talking to you i'm like he's gonna be in the middle of the game he's gonna start crying when it cuts <laughs> it off or yesterday was a monday uh but he doesn't have he didn't have school yesterday so i was gonna set up so he has an hour on the weekends and then i'm gonna be every time he doesn't have school i'm gonna have to be like logging into the system to like yep. modify it so there is a lot of exceptions you have to worry about. And you, yeah. can,
0: you can manage it from your own phone, right, as long as you have family sharing set up? Or do you have to go into your kid's phone separately and do it? You can. I,
2: I, for the, I, I've gotten in the habit of doing it on my kid's phone uh, because I you know, was using it when it was called uh, parental controls before it switched over to the, to the screen, ter- screen time. Uh, and so that's sort of just been my habit. Like, okay, give me your phone. Let me, let me change something. Uh, but you do have the controls there if you have family sharing set up mm-hmm. where, where you can modify it.
0: Which for people listening, that's an iCloud setting Apple added a few years ago where you can create like a family grouping of, and everyone has to have their own Apple ID. And you, if you have a kid under 13, you have to set that up for them. Uh, but that way you can manage uh, – not only can you manage screen time for your kids, but you can also share things like music access – Photos, um, calendar reminders, yeah, yeah, location. Yeah, just different purchase app purchases, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's worth I, I it. highly
2: recommend it for any parents out there. If you don't have family sharing set up, unfortunately, you probably got some other system set up, and sometimes it's difficult to unwind those. Uh, But if you have the opportunity to set up family sharing, I highly recommend it. It also allows your kids to keep their purchases with them as they grow, right? So like if your kids are purchasing a specific app, it sends you a notification, you Mm. approve that app, uh, but it's tied to their their account. Uh, And so if they're purchasing music or something like that, it sticks with them. Whereas a lot of people, if you didn't set up family sharing to start with, maybe you set up you know, two personal accounts or something like that. You use two of your different email addresses or you have your kids log into your account Mm. and then you're sharing. It's like it can get really messy and then as the kids get older, it breaks and becomes dysfunctional. And and so this is a nice way to uh, both save some money because you can share certain services. Uh, Like Mm. if you're signing up for Apple Arcade, you know, the new service, everybody gets access. I have Apple Music, and the whole family gets to listen to any music you know they want at any time, and that's great. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of benefits to family sharing share storage things like that. I, I highly recommend that. And the management of my kids purchasing apps and things like that, and asking for notification and approval, and using my card. Um, and I can do that from my phone at a distance. Uh, I found to be extremely beneficial.
1: Yeah, that's a process that really appealed to me because largely the family sharing other features are things that um, I didn't need. Were on I use Spotify, not Apple Music. Uh, I don't think Israel he's a little bit too young. My stepson's a little bit too young for like shared reminders and things like that. Right. Although I'm tempted by that. But the uh, the thing that Noah hmm. keeps talking about where. He cannot download an app unless he requests it from me and I grant permission. And that's even free apps. Yeah. So that process is really nice. And the that other thing nice. that you were saying is you can set up parental controls so that he can't even access things that are, like, above his age limits, right?
2: Yes, it's true. So if you have – there's a, um, you know, media section um, – Uh, let me just go through a couple of these things here. Like, so you can uh, create restrictions for reminders, for photos, for sharing your location, um, Bluetooth sharing, microphone, speech recognition, advertising, media, and music. Um, The media and music uh, definitely, um oh, actually that might not be that section, but the, the ability to turn on and off sort of like They can only see, um, you know, PG rated movies if they're searching for movies or they can only listen to music that doesn't have explicit content um, or play the music that doesn't have explicit content. Uh, Those are definitely big, big benefits. Uh, One other thing that I mentioned when when we were having the discussion that I do is um, there are certain apps that you can just turn off. Um, and i 've turned off Safari for my kids, yeah, yeah, um, that was that. an interesting one and um, and I find that that is i 've been pretty happy with that decision they haven 't necessarily been super happy with that decision, <laughs> but there 's a whole you know host of uh, influences um, you know that in rabbit holes that your kids can jump down, and if they 've got that on the go when you 're not supervising or something like that um, it just makes me feel a lot more comfortable uh, knowing that that's not something that they can just uh, that they can just jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that having uh, open more open restrictions on the home computer in terms of web browsing uh, seems much more beneficial. That's where they're doing homework, they're doing research. Uh, there's usually a parent at home, you know, when they have access to the computer. Uh, and so it's a much more sort of supervised learning beneficial environment for them, whereas mobily ha- having a browser anywhere they're going um, just hasn't hasn't been much of a benefit. And to me, uh, you know, it creates a you know potential problems that I want to avoid. Mm-hmm. So I've been pretty happy with that decision.
1: Yeah. And that was good advice. That was something that I was going to take
2: you up on and do that as well.
0: What about like YouTube because you can like search anything on there too. How do you handle that?
2: Yeah, YouTube, YouTube's not awesome. <sighs> YouTube's just a problem area in general. Like yeah. you can you can turn on a certain level of restrictions and YouTube does its best. Um Like
0: there's like a kid setting for YouTube sort of. Yeah, or, yeah.
2: there's there's a kid setting and and I don't know if there's multiple I mean basically I have a, you know, like turn off ex- explicit content um setting but that that is not a by any means a foolproof setting um and and there's a bunch of things on YouTube that you know that aren't awesome so yeah. in, in general what i've done is i've tried to give my kids a um i like i like this provider i like this YouTube you know YouTuber i like that YouTuber these are the ones i'm comfortable with and when they start watching stuff that i'm not comfortable with you know i say Let's turn that off. Uh, I think let's avoid this guy in the future. Let's avoid this, this YouTuber in the future. Um, and, you know, you do your best with that. But with anything Dad. in <laughs> this area, with anything in this area, it's critical as a parent um, that you're educating mm-hmm. about what these things mean. And, you know, you're educating your kid when you get – when you see this type of content, uh, this is what that's about. Uh, and, and, and providing them the context to understand what they're looking at, uh, understand why it's not good. If you've got somebody that's you know, swearing all the time and being disparaging about other people and constantly insulting and making fun of, that's just something your kids are going to come across like mm-hmm. no matter what, whether it's at your house, a friend's house, whatever. They're going to come across content like that. And so you really need to have the conversation with them this is why it's not good. You know, this is the effect that it has on you. You may think, you know, start to develop a habit of thinking like that type of treatment of other people is okay. Right. So in general, you know, it's better to avoid it. And giving your kids that context is essential in this day and age because there's no way you're actually stopping them from accessing that content. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, the responsible thing to do is educate them about how they view that content when they access it. And that's basically, I mean, that's just an essential part of today's parenting.
0: <laughs> and that seems to me like a great place to leave the conversation. Unless, David, did you have anything you wanted to add?
1: I do have one more thing because this is something that's come up in my research, and I don't, it sounds like some of your kids don't have phone plans, which is why it hasn't come up. Mm. Verizon, who's our carrier, has a kids'. Uh, plan, Mm. which seems cool. It gives you a few extra controls. First of all, it gives you controls over data because, like you were saying, you can customize the Wi-Fi, but if your child has data, they can turn off Wi-Fi and then do whatever they want. So it gives you the same parental-type controls over data where you can manage when they have access to data and when they don't and when they're doing things like if they have access to web browsing, if they're doing that over data, it gives you privacy protections that way. Mm. So that seemed pretty cool. I think we're going to do that route the other thing that it does which is nice i think i think it might end up being something that is gonna be annoying in the end but for now is okay it caps you at it's unlimited talking text for up to 25 people so it gives you a certain amount of control over who your child is talking to which like anytime we're having these conversations it's always like Oh my gosh! I didn't even think to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm worried about it. Um. And so it's something <laughs> that it gives you a lot of extra controls. So I think we're going to test that out as well. And so I thought I'd mention talk to your carrier because they might have some good options for you. Uh, it also caps the amount of data he can use, which is important because I don't think he's going to be particularly disciplined in his data usage. Right. <laughs> right. So it gives you some extra controls that way.
2: Yeah. Sounds good. I definitely got the unlimited plan because managing, trying to manage the kids like, oh, don't use data in this yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can use it. In that. It was just too much. And so it was like, okay, let's just go with the unlimited plan and, and I don't have to, to manage it anymore. And I'm much happier.
1: I got that. the unlimited plan too, <laughs> with that in mind, despite the fact that I'm capping his usage. Yeah.
0: When you talk to other parents with like kids, you're, um, like kids in similar age groups as your kids, are they doing similar things to you? Or would you say, like, where do you fall in terms of like strict or not so strict?
2: Hmm. I'm not a good communicator that way, so I don't have a lot of conversations with a lot of other parents.
0: But I'd imagine your kids would be like, sick to letting you know, being like, this friend of mine doesn't have to yeah, do this. I mean, definitely
2: in, in having other kids come over and me experiencing what, what their, uh, you know, restrictions are and, and habits are, I think we're falling in the middle. You know, there's plenty mm. of kids that just have no restrictions whatsoever, and the parents, you know, don't don't bother with anything. And then other kids where you know they don't have access to the phone, and their parents don't want them to watch advertisements ever. And you know, and <laughs> right. so you've got you've got a lot of extremes in that area. Uh, and I think similar to David, I feel like technology is something that um, that I think it's important that my kids learn. And so I I like to provide context rather than than um, think about it as something to avoid. That said, I've definitely had periods of times where, like, okay, we're taking two weeks off, you know, mm. with no phones, no devices, uh, and have definitely seen some benefits of that where it's like, oh, you know, outside is a thing, and, oh, I can rediscover my friendship with the kid, you know, down the street, and, you know, that type of thing. So there's there are plenty of benefits to having um, – to Having restrictions on the amount of time the kids use on the phone mm-hmm. uh, because um, uh, they can really they can really get sucked into it if um, if you don't have any sort of uh, limit whatsoever and, and that can be detrimental to their ability to to really grow and experience the world and and find other options and joys and things
0: so. cool well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Noah. Yeah. I will wrap up the episode now. Remember, email podcasts at iphonelife.com to let us know if you've applied for the Apple Card. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. And if you're an insider, stick around. We've got some bonus content for you. Yes. Bye.